The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Right here on 960theref.com. All right, this is episode number 175 of the Crossover Podcast. David Johnston and Jeff Dantzler along with you. Uh, David Johnston from The Morning Show, Jeff Dantzler from The Home Team. That's why we're called The Crossover, and we do appreciate you joining us here on 960theref or 960theref.com or the 960theref app, which you can uh, find in the App Store if you're an iPhone user. Obviously, you can find it in Google Play for Android, and we just appreciate you finding us all together. And uh, we're recording this on a gloomy, rainy, dreary Thursday. It's February 18th, but that means it's the day before the Georgia baseball team opens the season. And the forecast for tomorrow, Jeff, is supposed to be much, much better. In fact, we're looking at sunshine. may not be warm all weekend, but we can certainly deal with... uh, temperatures in the low to mid 50s and it's just a good thing that we've got college baseball back i can't wait dj and and i'm sure by by the time a lot of fans are are listening to this very podcast we would have already played at least one game and as we've said many times it has literally and figuratively been the longest off season ever and a lot of sunshine this weekend uh, highs in the mid 50s we will certainly take that then it looks like next weekend we could be getting in the mid to upper 60s, which will certainly be nice. But I know everybody's excited to get back out. Going to be a lot of new faces on this Georgia team. Dave and I have been doing our homework, studying up, learning a lot of these new names. And uh, with, with Georgia's top two returning pitchers and, and Ryan Webb and Jonathan Cannon, who are both under the weather, uh, not slated to pitch this weekend, we're going to see an extra amount of new faces on the mound, including four southpaws starting over the weekend, three of them freshmen. That is a first. Yeah, all four starters this weekend are lefties. And uh, as you mentioned, C.J. Smith gets the start on Friday and uh, looking forward to seeing him. And then uh, Luke Wagner and Jaden Woods on Saturday. And then Charlie Goldstein on uh, Sunday. All lefties all making their debut. And then we may see another lefty potentially go Wednesday next week at Georgia State. With Liam Sullivan. So we could, uh, until Jonathan Cannon comes back, are we just nothing but lefties? Just all southpaws yeah. there. And and I think that's that's going to be the case coming out of the gates. And uh, so that's the pitching situation that we'll have to see. And, and that that's, I think, the big thing, certainly for the pitching. The way the schedule works out, you play four weeks of non-conference games. Uh, in, in George's case, the first two weekends, we'll be playing four-game series. Yeah. Playing a Saturday doubleheaders, two sevens. And then you get into week five, and it's the SEC 10 weeks in a row. You better have your lineup sorted out, and you definitely better have your pitching sorted out and know who your guys are because uh, you talk about running into a gauntlet, DJ. Uh, It's for the the, the close followers of SEC sports. It's essentially universal in agreement that the hardest sport to win in the league is in baseball. And the stats always go back to, in 2019, Auburn went 14-16 and 16 in the SEC and played in the College World Series. Yeah. In 2013, DJ, you remember, Mississippi State went 13 and 13, I'm sorry, 15-15 and 15 in the league, 500, and played for the national championships in the College World Series final. So you go around 500 in this league, that means you're a contender. 
Yeah, and you know what? The starting pitchers are on on Friday are always good. Yeah, they are. The, the number two guy's usually really good, too. Yeah, yep. So you'd like to win on Friday for a lot of different reasons. A, you know you can't get swept. B, you know you've got a really good chance to win the series. But we've seen a lot. I mean, um, over the years, you win Friday doesn't mean you're going to win the series, but it does mean you won't get swept. But that's uh, something to talk about a little bit farther down the road. Evansville coming in this weekend. We'll see some things that are a little bit different, Jeff, and uh, I kind of like this. As far as Saturday goes, we're going to play a doubleheader, Mm -hmm. and we're going to play two seven-inning games, and coaches all for that. I would think a lot of the coaches would be, even though you're playing four less innings in the four games, it's four less innings. You're not having to tax your pitching staff early in the year, and these guys are all going to be on a pitch count. When Gardner-Webb comes in next weekend, it'll be the same thing. Saturday will be two seven-inning games. And then, then we got North Florida and then Lipscomb after that. So those are the four series to open the season now. North Florida and Lipscomb, those won't be four-game series. But, you know, um, we are still short one game, so there could be something added at some point. Maybe teams are leaving that open. I know there's teams across the country that have already had to cancel series because of either the weather or the COVID. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So teams are going to be looking for games and uh, we'll see how that affects Georgia moving on. Yeah, you, you certainly would think this year uh, you want to have that wiggle room. But one thing, the way the baseball is scheduled and, and having that SEC tournament basically going into Memorial Day weekend, uh, baseball doesn't have the ability to do what football and basketball on both the men's and women's side did to, to build in an open date on a weekend, an open date on a midweek. So if situations do come up and listen let's hope they don't and you wouldn't think and again you're talking about being outside it's just a different animal here than basketball was but if something did come up i thought the sec did a great job when both tennessee and georgia's opponents a couple of weeks ago uh, had some issues and so georgia and tennessee wound up playing each other hopefully nothing like that comes up around the league but Dave, one thing, and, and you and I have talked about this a lot on this show, that we have seen throughout all this is that games can be put together in rather quick fashion. So if there is, and like you said, uh, ha- having that open date out there, maybe there's one week, hey, well, gosh, I, I don't know, Kennesaw can't play on, say, Tuesday, but Georgia State said they can. And, and, and you've just got to have that flexibility this year. Yeah, that's one thing we've learned during the COVID. Yeah. Things can be rescheduled. We can be flexible. And we can get stuff in. So not really worried about that, but certainly it's something that we'll probably have to uh, have to deal with. So last year we played 18 games. And the Dogs were 14-4 and four and ranked in the top five of just about every one of the polls. This year, though, got a lot of losses to overcome, including the starting rotation with Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox. And then you're talking about veterans like Cam Shepard and Patrick Sullivan and Tucker Bradley. Uh, we uh, are going to see some new faces this week. Yeah, we will. This and, season. And, and those names you just mentioned, DJ, were all great players who made enormous contributions yep. to the program. And uh, they are going to be sorely missed. And, and that's where 
Last year was awful for everyone, but you especially feel for those kids. They were great kids, and and they did such a tremendous job. They did such a tremendous job of getting Georgia back up to the forefront of the SEC. But there are going to be more new faces this year, but that that is where the veterans, uh, having Ben Anderson back in center field and uh, Riley King and the Tate brothers and Certainly Mason Meadows will be the captain of this team. By the way, team. Cheney Rogers is a senior. Cheney Rogers is a senior. How is <laughs> that possible? I know. And Cheney's a guy we always have to go through. How many games has he played in right? How many in left? How many at first base? But he's uh, such a good player. I mean, he stepped in when Patrick Sullivan was banged up and did a good job there. He's made a lot of spectacular catches. But, but guys like that are going to have to carry a lot of the load. And Georgia does. I mean, when you look at – uh, some of the newcomers, and particularly some of the freshman position players, and, and we mentioned all the freshman southpaws there that we're going to see. There's some very talented players, but that grind of, of, of 56, and maybe in this case for Georgia, 55-game regular season, it, it can eat you up. And, and, and you hear us talk about it a lot if, if you listen to the games, uh, hitting that freshman wall. And the example we always use, most high school seasons, let's say you're around 25 games or so, okay, uh, let, let's say 25 to 30. Well, y- you also have to realize that high school games are seven innings and they have run rules. So by the time you get to and, – and now, now, granted, this year we're playing two seven-inning doubleheaders, but for the most part, let's say you went all the way to your state championship and played 30 high school games. Okay, by the time you get to game 30 in college, DJ, that's an extra 60 innings just off playing nine instead of seven. Well, that's an extra, you know, the math on that one, that's an extra six and a half games Mm -hmm. right there that you've already played. And I know a lot of freshmen have talked about it, and we've seen a ton of them. I I even think back to Gordon Beckham, who is uh, one of the greatest players in SEC history, and his his freshman year, he was hitting third on that incredible uh, World Series team we had in 2006. He kind of hit that wall. I think he was four for his last 27. It just it wears you down. It beats you down. And, and especially when you think about for, for some of these guys, and we've definitely had our share of them through the years, some guys who were great high school football players too. So you, know, you go from that high school football season into high school baseball season, and then you know you're training in the summer. Then you got your fall camp, and then boom, you've got this 56 game schedule staring you in the face. That's why it usually takes a year or so to just just to get acclimated to the college game. I, I think Dave. Yeah, we talk about the freshman wall in baseball more than you know, any other sport. Yeah, 100. percent I sure. think just because they're With everything you just been just talking more, more about. Games. Yeah. There's just so many more games. Yeah, and longer games, games. and yeah. longer and hey, look, if you're playing for Georgia, the competition level every week is shot way up well, too. I, I remember, and I think it might have been a blessing in disguise. I mean, the first time Cole Wilcox got in, I think we might have been playing Dayton, and we beat him pretty bad. You know, here comes Cole throwing 97, 98, and they were hitting him. Yeah, and, and I think we told him that was probably a good thing because, and he is a phenomenal kid, but. He, when you're throwing that hard and you know if, if the money would have been there he'd have been a first round pick coming out of high school and if, if the if they could have gotten together on the money so to get him here you know you got to think how many guys in high school could hit Cole Wilcox in a lineup he was facing you know, maybe one him, or two maybe just even sniffing yeah just even just make contact yeah. on him. well then I and I think one thing and Cole of course one of the one of the best we've had one, one thing that that was I think it was good that that happened early, and of course we won. Was oh my gosh, 
even a school like Dayton, these guys can hit fastballs. Everybody sure. can hit a fastball when you get to that collegiate level. So then, of course, he, he got his other pitches, working with Coach Kenny, and, and turned into just a dynamo and signed for over $3 million last year. But, but I think that was a lesson, too, that even a, a team from the MAC that probably hadn't seen the outdoors since the previous October, it, you're throwing 90. Those um, guys can hit fastballs. Yeah. The, the performance that Cole had against. Uh, Tech one of the best ever was terrific and I mean I'm looking back you know four games he started four CJ started four Hancock started four and Wilcox had 32 strikeouts and two walks in his 23 innings and he won three of his four starts I just hate that we're not going to get to see I know see that that's what drives me crazy about last season and what was it i think cole and emerson together their strikeout to walk was like 66 to 5 66 to 5 and then webb in 47 innings and, and webb had 27 k's <laughs> to five walks so i mean you're talking yeah. about those three guys they're they're up over over 90 and punch outs in 10 what's well, unbelievable didn't give up a, a, no. a run no 12 k's and 11 and a third innings and that'll be just when you talk about the pitching that'll always be the year where you think what if? Because you got to think Cannon. Who, yeah, you talk about hitting that freshman wall. Well, sometimes if you can bring that that rookie along slowly, yeah, he can give you that burst at the end of the year. And I think back to going back to that 06 World Series team. You know, Trevor Holder came on late and beat both Florida State and South Carolina right. and route to the College World Series. We didn't have to use him a ton during the regular season, so that arm was fresh late. And that was and such. Yeah, a, that's the thing. And Cannon didn't start a game last year. All those right. appearances came out of the pen. Garrett Brown actually started four games. So that's where you think, boy, could Cannon have been that guy maybe late to give you that jolt? And you know, we've talked about this a lot. You know, year after year, I remember his freshman year it was C.J. Smith on both the mound and in the field. I, I think about you know Matt Olson back in uh, 2006. That that you, you and Johnny Dobbs in 2004 that you get these guys that, that, that maybe hadn't been playing a ton, or you think about the job Miles Starr and, and David Toms uh, did when Michael D'Imperio got hurt in 08, but these guys who might not have been playing a ton, you get around the middle of the year, and they came in and, and, and just gave us a, a much-needed jolt there, a burst of energy, whether it was on the mound or at the plate. Yeah, and it, I mean, honestly, I don't know what I mean. So many new faces. Oh, I'm no excited idea. about the this team, but I just don't know quite what to expect in regards as to who's going to be that guy that might do this or be that guy that might do that. I mean, we'll and maybe that's just something everybody's going to have to find out as the uh, as the season goes on for the kind of players that you're talking about. There's some depth potential starters in the lineup. Certainly, the <laughs> the pitching staff is. Uh, I think not necessarily a work in progress, but still, it's a lot of guys vying for some for some spots. And you know, Coach Strickland, Coach Kenny. Once we get to SEC play, they want to have a little bit more of the, um, I guess, the spots whittled down some. And we're also going to see how many guys play different positions that we were seeing last year too, uh, out in the field. And you know, I think we'll see Ben Anderson. He's going to be the leadoff guy. Cole Tate will be up there at the top of the order. You know, where's Riley King going to bat? Where's Blaylock going to bat? They're going to be up there at the top of the order also. And we'll see some other guys too, like Connor Tate, Chaney Rogers. And then, uh, you know, I don't know we'll, how many freshmen will be in the, in the starting lineup. We'll, we may see at least a couple in this opening weekend. And that's not talking about the pitchers. I'm just talking right. about in the lineup itself. 
Uh, that's that's right, DJ. That that's a great point. So I think that's where it does get back to now. All of a sudden, for a lot of these veterans, now Anderson, he he had a, a great year last year and was a freshman All American at Furman before he transferred. You know, we we've seen Chaney Rogers and Riley King do a lot of big things in their careers, and same for the Tate boys. But now they're not the the supporting actors. Yeah, they're going to have to be the right. lead dogs now. Yes, they are certainly going to have to. And, uh, again, we talked about, let's see, the, and Lake's got in his notes, you know, no one started at shortstop in a game for Georgia since Nick King, whose name is not Cam Shepard. That's, that's incredible. It's incredible. And, I mean, Cam is, is undoubtedly, you know, his, his name is right on there, and we knew it when he got here. He's in that, you know, Beckham, Keppinger, Showalter, one of the greats we've ever had. And, I mean, his defensive records, I, I think what he did, Dave, two years ago, well, obviously he's talking about a record that can't be broken – he fielded a thousand in the thirty SEC regular season games. He yeah. played air-free baseball. I, that's phenomenal. And I remember his freshman year. I think he made five errors. He made four of them in the first what ten, eleven, twelve games, yeah. and then he made one in like the last forty-five. That was it. I, the that guy was, was just He's a okay. steady. Cal Ripken showing up every day. <laughs> every day, the guy was going to play shortstop every day. So here's the. So here's the opposite of Cam Shepard in Cheney Rogers and Riley King. So last year, Rogers started at least one game at first base, left field, right field, and DH. Mm-hmm. And King started at least one game at second base, third base, left field, and right field. And uh, King also played some in center field, even though he didn't start there. I'm talking about Burt Campanaris here. <laughs> and then uh, Coltate. Started at second, third, and DH. Um, so we've got uh, situations where are those guys going to be bouncing around, or are we gonna, the coach is going to try to find them a spot and let them play there and get comfortable. There. My friend, you and I have watched baseball <laughs> for, but between the two of us, we're, we're at the century mark, and for a vast majority of those years, we've watched a lot of baseball. Not to say that can't be done, but it's hard to make a living doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's even like the shift to an extent. I get the shift, the spray charts and everything, and I understand why you do it. I don't really complain about a team wanting to play defense, but the one thing is is it moves people out of the position that they're comfortable with, so you have to keep that in mind also. We talk about that defensively, and you don't want that to kind of, I don't know, kind of ooze into your brain when you're at the plate. You You don't want one carrying over into the other. And that was the thing I loved about Cam Shepard. We were talking about him and his great defense. And I know there were times he was streaky at the plate, but when he wasn't hitting, it didn't affect his defense. Not one bit. And I, He played a great defensive game against Tech in the game he won, whatever it was, 13 or 14 to nothing when, when Wilcox threw the gym over there. And, you know, it, it just happened to be one of those days. And as we know, any time a team scores double-digit runs, there's always going to be that guy who's 0 for 5. Yeah. Well, everybody had gotten a hit, and Cam was 0 for 4, but he had made a couple of phenomenal defensive plays. Yeah. And then sure enough, what happens? He hits a grand slam and then gets another hit. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, so that was – So you know, got the hit there. But people don't realize, too, you're, you're, there's runs in your glove. And that's what time. he was so good at. Uh, big time. And Patrick Sullivan at yeah, first base. Is, you know, we think back to – you know, the, the Great Wall of Georgia, Volume 1 and Volume 2 with Josh Morris and with Rich Poitras, two of the great players in Georgia baseball history. And, you know, Patrick is as good a defender at first base as we've had, and he was hitting 300. 
uh, when the when the season came to an end. And you know that, that's another thing too. When you talk about the guys we lost off of last year's team at the plate uh, with with Cam and Sully and Tucker Bradley, those guys really had that clutch gene too. I mean that they came through in a lot of big moments, and, and you, you've got a lot of memories there of of game-winning hits, of game-tying hits, of go-ahead hits, yeah. of, of big plays in the field to preserve a lead or preserve a tie. And, and again, as, as we mentioned, I mean, the, the arms, and Hancock and Wilcox, yeah, what a mm. duo they were. Just hate that that uh, ended the way that it did. Damn you, yeah. COVID. Yeah, it's just you the worst. That's just, just – yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, Evansville coming in this weekend, and uh, then we've got a midweek game next Wednesday. I'm gonna take the Bluebird over to the bus yard. <laughs> we got to go to the bus yard, which I'm actually not. Co- a three o'clock first pitch at the bus yard, I'm good with. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. That's better than a five o'clocker at Kennesaw that we've got. We got to leave the following at Tuesday. We'll leave the day before. I I never will forget, Dave. I'd got back from a, a lady dog's trip and uh, was on the bus, and it was one of those. It was the NCAA deal, and Greg McGarity was on the bus, and he said, "Baseball plays Kennesaw today, right?" I said, "Yeah, the game's four or five. I said, "You know, I'd been flying all night." He goes, "Dave and I are going to leave it before lunch because if we don't, he goes, "Yeah, you might miss first pitch." I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so and we we'll, do the trip over to Kennesaw early every year. Uh, early on the schedule, that is, every year. Then um, also the going to Georgia Southern, and, and I guess except for uh, conference games, there's no – these are day trips. Right. That's so going to be a day trip to Georgia Southern. Go up to Clemson and, and then, go up to Furman to yeah. play at Fleur Field. Yeah, play Wofford at Fleur Field. Played Wofford yeah. at Fleur Field, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, um, and then of course, we're, we're just playing, as of now, the home-and-home home with Tech. So no, no game at – the TP. No, yeah, no game at the TP. No game at at uh, Cool Ray. So just the two games with them. Uh, but you know we can worry about uh, May when that <laughs> rolls along. When when we have a, a weekend in Arkansas, at least there's an all. I mean, at least there's no midweek game. Then go to Florida. <sighs> then come back two days later to play Tech at their place. And then Ole Miss comes here to close out the regular season. You freshman, you're here. You got to be growing up by then. Okay. By the way, that's after you hit the wall. That's after you hit the wall. So uh, eat your Wheaties and, Ooh, and take boy. your vitamins. That is a brutal close to the season. And you know, the, the it, as we say too with the West, I mean, everybody out there is good, but we got a particularly tough draw with the West this year. Just our road mm-hmm. scheduling: Florida, Vandy, A and M, and Arkansas. Those are all top ten teams. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. This was going to be the same schedule as last year. They just carried it sure. over. Now the dates are a little bit different because we were going to open at Florida, and this year the opening weekend is at home against Tennessee. Must, Must win. Must win. Yeah, got to win that series. Must win series. But the uh, the thing about it is, you know, last year was going to be tough enough with with Wilcox and, and Hancock. Now, and you, you don't have that this year. And, and I throw know, in Shepard and Sully. No doubt. And I know we were ranked in – Tucker Bradley. Yes, we were ranked in the top five uh, going, going down to that Florida series. We, we had lost those, those two tight ones to Georgia Southern. But, but even with those guys, you know, Dave and I were talking like, 
you know, oh, I'd take 16 and 14 in the league right oh, yeah. now. We'd probably be hosting, and, you know, we, we've got a <laughs> good Georgia chance. had a winning record in the league oh. last year with that schedule. Oh, good and Lord. this schedule, yeah. Yeah, we'd, we'd be, be hosting. hosting a regional. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, I think this team has got a chance, and – you know, 12 of the 14 teams in the conference make the SEC tournament. I think if we make the SEC tournament with all the new faces we've had, I, I would say it's been a successful season. You do that, and, and if Georgia can cobble together a winning record, and then you know you, you win a game or two in Birmingham, you might could put yourself in a spot to get to a regional. And, and if this team can do that with all these new guys – because you know, I don't think any coach wants to say it's a rebuilding year. I think the term you might look at it for this one is it's a transition year. But big picture, again, I think getting those veterans settled in at the top and then can at some point, maybe week four, week five, and the rest of the way, can Webb and Cannon get settled into those top two spots and give Georgia – I'm not, not expecting Hancock and Wilcox or Tony Losey out there or, or, or Fleming and Reven, but but can, yeah. can can those two be just a dynamic one-two punch in the SEC? And if they can, Dave, then I think the dogs do have a chance to get to that 500 or better threshold in the league. But that, to me, yeah. is going to be the big key. Their health when SEC and play again, cranks up. Webb getting over the COVID. Coach even said he's feeling good right now. Sure, sure. So I think he'll be good. Cannon with the mono, that's the one that you just don't know. Some people just shake it quicker than others, and we've seen seen it go both ways, so we're keeping our fingers crossed that Jonathan gets healthy, gets ready to go, doesn't try to come back too quick that's a and key. push it, and, and hopefully it doesn't linger on. Uh, I, I've seen it in various sports, and we've seen it with a couple of pitchers really not guys – down yeah. and I think it's one of those deals just like when anybody feels bad and to my knowledge I've never had mono but yeah neither have I. you know it's it's one of those things where you probably feel so lethargic and dull I'll always say it's like let's say you were when you just felt your worst with the mono you feel like you're 30 percent mm-hmm. well when you get up to about 70 percent you're you feeling feel great, great but you're not 100 no, percent. you're only 70 percent. but your body's like i feel so much better Good. you think yeah. you're 100 percent. the next thing you know you're out there in the second or third inning and that gas tank whoo, is yeah. on e yeah yeah so the the coaches and uh the trainers and 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 everyone you know we got a great staff so i know they'll have uh They'll have Cannon ready to go when mm-hmm. he is ready to go. And the key is, like you said, too, though, it's also the players got to be honest. Yes. You know, that's the thing, too. And that's that's hard to do. We all know that. So Because everybody Jonathan wants to stay in. Exactly, yeah. You got anything left? Yeah. I, can get, I can get one more I, guy yeah. out, Skipper. I, I can go this weekend, Coach. I can go. I can go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and we've heard, too. I mean, I remember a few years ago, you know, with, with Will Proctor, who was a terrific player, terrific pitcher for us, and – he was a little banged up, and I remember Coach Strickland saying down in states, well, if, if we needed Will to go today, he, he probably could, but he sat out that weekend, and then you know it was one of those things that wound up lingering for him. Yep. And it, it was really costly for the season. And uh, love Will, and, and, and you just don't know sometimes with, with these injuries or a situation, I think in particular with a pitcher, how it can affect you the rest of the way but luckily in Webb's case and in Cannon's case it's not an arm situation right that's the good thing like because that's always one well the elbow's a little sore that's when you're immediately a little oh boy yeah 
Yeah, and let's just hope that that's not anything that creeps in because we've seen it before. But at least right now, those are the the ones we know. I mean, we do have a couple of guys out, but still, you know, we we got these young guys. I just see guys just they're so young. Yeah, we're gonna have to be. And I was thinking about this, but I, I was going through some notes the other night, Dave, and. And usually I'm like, hey, I'll just jot down a thing or two here on our team. But I don't know over half of our team. Yeah. And we have seasons like that where yeah. we get to know them just like everybody else. Absolutely. So we're going we're gonna to so be in the So when Luke same. Wagner takes the, the mound Saturday for the first game of that doubleheader, we're going to be uh, interested to see how he's going to do when Jaden Woods takes the mound in the second game of that doubleheader. And, and let, let me tell you what, too, my friends, Scott Strickland, Sean Kenny, that staff – they're going to be interested to see it too because yeah. they have an idea because they're out there every day. What does Coach Donnett always say? It's different when the bands play. <laughs> That's so, right. So how these That's guys right. react in, in the game situations, I mean, you just don't know. And that's why I know as coaches, you do the, the best job you can to prepare these guys for the yeah. situation. And I do think with freshmen, and DJ, you and I have talked about this a lot. We've seen it so much through the years. You know, it is, as tough as it is hitting the wall, I do think the trade-off, though, since baseball starting in February, you know, as, as opposed to certainly with football, these yep. kids have had a lot of time to get acclimated to campus life and student sure. life. So it's not like in football when you get here and, and everything just hits you all at once. So I think that that is one that of does the trade-offs. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And here's another thing that will help, too. Now, Fernando Gonzalez is going to be, the, I think, the catcher for the game tomorrow, but there's a veteran presence and depth at the catcher position, and hopefully that's something that will kind of transfer over to some of these young pitchers. And we're talking about Mason Meadows, and, uh, you know, we're talking about got Shane Marshall. Shane Marshall. Yeah. So there's that, too, and, 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 and hopefully that'll make a difference. And, and Moose is a rock back there. You talk about a guy who – uh, runs in his glove, uh, saving. I mean, yeah. his, his career, Moose, I'm knocking on wood here for you here. His career fielding percentage is 998 for a catcher. That is just, <laughs> I mean, that's like Cam's deal at shortstop. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that is just that position. You're just, at some point, you just think something's going to go wrong, but it, it has it for him. And, you know, so that might be one of those. And obviously, when he suffered that, that horrible injury, good yeah. Lord, we were. The ball uh, going off the bat into his eye. Never seen that one. It's like, yeah. oh my God, you know, is, is his vision and that one eye in jeopardy? And then he comes back. And, and, and as we said, too, trying to hit with that. And he also had to wear that protective cage. Yep. So you've got more bars and all to look through. That was hard enough. So when he was coming back, kind of getting the stroke back a couple of years ago, his catching was still just phenomenal. It was terrific. And, and, and so that's where, you know, at, at that point, I know he wasn't hitting at that point as much as he would have liked. But at the same time, you know, how, how many runs was he saving? With his work behind the plate. Runs in the old catcher's mitt. Amen to that. Well, here's a, here's a, a hot take. Uh, good pitching, good defense, timely hitting. That's what George is going to need. Oh, wait a minute. That's what every team's going to need to be successful. And that's, that's really where we turned the corner uh, back in 2018. We just stopped giving the runs away. That was the huge and, difference. You know, you and I did all the numbers. We and were, it was the tempo. It led to wild pitches. It walks, led to pass balls. Errors. It led to walks. And then that led to errors. It was, I mean, we looked it up. Well, I think in 17, our 
we were like negative 40 in wild pitches, and, and our walk yeah. ratio in the league was, was negative was 45. Astounding. And then that just – so then you're playing shortstop, you're playing right field, second base, whatever. So, oh, yeah. my God, we, wild pitch, walk. Yeah, come on. Yeah. You're, you're, it's you deflating. can say, well, i got to be ready for every pitch. Okay. I, it's I mean, deflating. Come on. It, it's deflating. So that, that, is, that and then is. Once the pitching turned, it just carried defense, over into it, everything else. Yeah, it, it's amazing just, just how that goes. So just throw strikes, play good defense, and don't beat yourself. And the thing, too, in this league, there, there are plenty enough good teams. You think, how many times have we played good games through the years and just gotten beat? The other guy, yeah. Coach Bell, their boy's on scholarship too. So if we're going to play Arkansas, Florida, Texas A&M. There's going to be some games where they're just going to beat us. Yes. What you can't do is go out there and walk seven guys, uncork three wild pitches, and make three errors. Then you're going to get annihilated. Yeah, you, you have no chance. Yes. You have no chance at all. <laughs> Zero Point zero. <laughs> yes. The blue Tarski. Yes. In this league, you make errors, you kick it around, you walk guys, you, you hit batters, throw wild pitches. You, you are going to get annihilated. Uh, we'll wrap things up here. This is baseball. This has basically just been the sure. uh, the, the crossover baseball pod, Georgia baseball podcast. Uh, if you did get lucky enough to get tickets, I don't think anyone got season tickets for the whole year. I think what eight games might have been the most so. that yeah. uh, anyone got season tickets certainly there will be social distancing in the stands and all that stuff the pitchers will be out in the bullpen to start the game I even see some players even in uniform sitting in the stands so there will be uh, a lot of uh, just you know different things to <laughs> pay attention to Jeff you will be glad to know that Tim Corbin will no longer be allowed to pencil in a dh in the starting lineup that was the starting pitcher from the day before they have changed that rule you can't do that anymore that's the corbin rule and that's one of those two even though we know it every game i still mess up half the time oh god god it well, i wrote it, it in my book yeah it takes up space in the book it's a space eater yeah, yeah. i don't like that so apparently that was grinding other people's gears too so you can't do that if you put somebody in the lineup as your dh unless there's an injury or a pitching change then that person has to bat oh, or think, has to have it some kind of a plate, plate appearance. appearance. Yeah, because what he would do, he would basically put in the starting pitcher from the night before just in case there was a big inning and if there's a switch to a righty or lefty. It's one of those things. I get it. It might happen once every 30 games yeah. in the league, maybe once every yeah. 100 games. But it's it's just one I'm honestly surprised that they – won't I, let you do that. I, well, it was pro- like you said, there were probably just enough people that were like, you know what this is? There's nothing immoral or illegal about what he's doing. It's just a pain in the beep. It's a pain in the butt, and it's a – Yes, it's for kind everybody. Of a, I don't know. It's a, a – co- what? how did a Coach – what did Coach call it? A, coach Strickland was like a – a vanity move or it was a gamesmanship kind right, of thing. Right. You know? Oh boy, we really have to prepare for who they're oh, gonna yeah. put it as their quote unquote oh, yeah. pinch hit D H. Yeah. Okay. They were also showing uh, I can't remember what the I have to ask Lake this was on Tuesday. We were they were showing something <laughs> that happened. The show Rocker hit one of the Duke guys in the head. It wasn't it wasn't intentional. It was uh-huh. something he had hit somebody and I'm trying to remember what the the, something happened after the play, I think. Oh, okay. maybe, maybe cooler heads. I don't remember if it was a. If I don't, I don't even remember. I just know I was just sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, man! Can you imagine just getting like a Kumar Rocker fastball right off the helmet?" I'll pass. <laughs>
I mean, and again, he it was just, it was an unintentional it thing. Happened. I just I can't remember now why they were showing that. But it led to something that is something with the rules. I'll have to just go back and, and look at my notes and see what it was there. But uh, it's yeah. on us, my man. It, it is on us. I can't wait. Going to be so. That booth's got a, has it got the plexiglass for us in the radio booth. We got the plexiglass. I just hope the equipment, I set it up on Tuesday. I just hope it hadn't frozen <laughs> Yeah. <up. laughs> yeah. Well, again, the weather's supposed to be good this weekend. It's Thursday as we record this. We're very excited. And uh, we got Evansville. And next week, is there a is there a Lady Dogs game on Thursday next week? Yes, yes, we play Kentucky. We play Kentucky. That means you and I will be in here recording on Tuesday of next week since we got the game on Wednesday. We'll be at Gus State on yeah, Wednesday. Yes, so we'll have uh, just the Evansville series to recap next weekend. Plus, you know, Georgia basketball didn't even get around. That was a great win oh, for them great win. against Missouri on Tuesday. The Lady Dogs, if the tournament started today, they'd be a three seed. Got to hang on, though. Got to hang on. They're going to get in. I mean, I don't, you know, knock on right, wood. Right, right. You know, keep that, keep that seeding and something I heard you say, get off to better starts. Get off to better starts. So that's going to come back and bite us. Got the Lady Vols on Sunday at yeah. noon. Now, that, they flipped the schedule around with, with the expansion, but you know, we, we used to play them twice every year, and, and then that kind of went away. But we haven't beat them twice in the regular season going back through notes haven't swept them trey and i looked through it i think 1985 <laughs> is the last now it's, it's it's rare that we've played them twice in a year but still the, and the they're chance also good because when they did what the sec with the are you with, saying swept them or beat them twice beat them twice in a regular like a home oh, in a home regular season in the regular how season. many times did georgia beat them in the regular season and they may have exactly. caught them in the tournament yeah, or not well they that's one of those like the a SEC fourth, tournament. Yeah, like we beat them in the '96 regular season, and then I know. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Then blame, we beat them in Knoxville the next year. Yeah. I blame the mascot for that. One. I do too. But but it's, right. it's 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 hard to do, and that was a great win for the guys. You know, DJ. It's not often in this league you're down by 13, and then next thing you know, you're up by 14 in the next half. Well, not just that. They were down by 32 after giving up 115 points the game before and came back and won against yes. a ranked team. Yes. So, I mean, historically one of the worst losses we've ever had okay. just for points given up. And then to come back, let's see, Sunday, Monday, you know, three days later and beat a ranked opponent, that's a heck of a win. Great win. It was. That is a heck of a win. All right. Enjoyed it, my the friend. The time flies by here on it the does. old double crossover. We'll get to- I'm broken four. We're going to get that sucker loaded up this year. We're going to the bus yard for next week. <laughs> We're going to be good to go doing the duty. All right. Uh, this has been episode number 175. I am right about that, right? 175? Yes, sir. Okay. 175 of the old crossover. Uh, if you don't have the, uh, the 960 The Ref app, then go get it. Then what are you waiting for? You can find it in the App Store or Google Play and uh, get you loaded up in the 960RF app, you can get all the audio downloads that we have from our local shows, the old open mic feature, plus you can listen to the games in the 75-mile geofence, which is also a very, very cool thing. That's a 75-mile geofence in Athens. All right, I'm rambling on, (laughs) trying to get all the information. Jeff, enjoyed it. Yes, sir. see you at the yard tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Crossover Podcast on 960 The Ref and the 960 The Ref app. You've been listening to The Crossover on 960theref.com.